Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Restoration Life Church Online. If this is your first time with us, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Max. I'm one of the executive pastors on the Restoration Life team. And on behalf of our lead pastors, Eddie and Roxanne Vargas, we want to say welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, this last month has been interesting to say the least. We've all had to make significant changes to our normal lifestyle. If you're a parent like me, you had to become a teacher almost overnight and you came face to face with finding out that you are not smarter than a fifth grader. Let's just say I hate mixed fractions. For some of you, you might be going through a little bit of cabin fever right now. Then there's some of you, you've taken full advantage of this time where you've completed Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, and now you're just looking for your next conquest. And here's something that's been constant throughout this situation and throughout all time, is that God loves you, God cares for you, and God is with you. Last week, we celebrated Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. And I know we did things a little different than how we usually do, but that does not change the significance or the impact that that day has on the world. Today, I want to go back in the story to the day that Jesus died. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 27? We'll be starting in verse 50. And it says this, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holiest city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we give thanks today and every day for the sacrifice you made on our behalf. We glorify your name and seek to honor you by growing in wisdom according to your word. Let your word bring enlightenment into our lives and give us the courage we need to fulfill the call upon our lives. We receive your plans for our lives with an open heart and an open mind. Thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. The title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is Significant Sacrifice. In each of the four Gospels, an account is given on what took place when Jesus was crucified. And in Matthew, we see three things happen after Jesus gave up his spirit. Number one, we see that the veil was torn from top to bottom. Two, we see that there was an earthquake big enough to split the rocks. And three, we see that the dead were raised to life. I don't know about you, but I'm a big sports fan. I just love the spirit of competition. And when you think about professional sports, anybody who makes it to that level, probably most of us would consider that individual successful. But are they significant? Let's just take basketball, for example, the NBA. 
The NBA is probably the most difficult team sport to become a professional in. As I said, all sports are very hard to reach that level of a professional, but the NBA is so hard because the opportunity is so small. There are only 30 NBA teams, and each team only allows 15 players on their roster. That means there's a total of 450 spots, and there are literally millions of people all around the world each year trying to compete for that one spot. So if you make it, if you actually make it onto an NBA team, I would say that you're successful. But when you think about the history of the NBA, how long it's been around, there's only a few players that are actually significant that you can think of off the top of your head. Guys like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. And yes, I do know I said Kobe Bryant's name first. It is mama mentality now and always. But then there's guys like Jerry West, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Dr. J, and even newer guys like Steph Curry. And you may ask, like, what makes these guys so significant? And really, when you look at them, and the impact that they had on the game of basketball and how they were able to inspire generations of young athletes to raise their game to the next level and the attitude with how they approach the game, that's what makes them significant. And when we think about the word significance, this is, this is really the essence of significance. That the role you play and the work you do has a great impact and goes beyond just your time. And when you think about those NBA players, the work that they did and the achievements that they reached, that went beyond their time. And the only reason that they were able to excel to that level is because of the sacrifices that they made that others wouldn't. So they could achieve what others couldn't. And in this portion of scripture, we almost immediately see the significance and the sacrifice that Jesus made. And so did the people living at that time. Now let's go back to the scripture. The first thing we see, the very first thing that we see, is that making a significant sacrifice, it tore the veil. And the tearing of the veil, what it symbolizes is that access to God was now available to everyone. No longer just the Jewish priest whose access was limited to very specific occasion. And we can read about this in Hebrews chapter 9. If you have your Bibles right now, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to go to verse 1. And it says this. It says, Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared. The first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place. Having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat of these things we cannot now speak in detail these preparations having thus been made the priests go regularly into the first section performing their ritual duties but into the second only the high priest goes 
and he but once a year and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. So every year from the time of Aaron and Aaron was the brother of Moses, the high priest would carry on the tradition of atonement sin offerings. And you can read about this then the origin of this tradition in the book of Leviticus chapter 16. But when Jesus made the sacrifice, Jesus made the final atonement for all of our sins. It is explained here in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their mind. So when we accept the sacrifice of Jesus, we are able to gain clarity on how we should live to honor that sacrifice. Verse 17. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering of sin see through the death of Christ no longer do we have to make sacrifices for our sins Jesus made the final sacrifice that was the tearing of the veil from top to bottom giving us now access to having a right relationship with the father see and there is now a responsibility on us who follow Christ as disciples in this day go to verse 19 It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We have to stand firm and confident on our faith. You know, right now we're in a tough situation with this COVID-19 going on and things being shut down. And you see a lot of people get stirred up and we get worried, but we must not waver in our faith. We must take full confidence in our Lord and Savior, Jesus. This is the veil that is over the eyes and the hearts of people, which has held them back and unaware of the love and mercy and grace of God. See, when we make our lives about God's people and not ourselves, people begin to see who Christ is. You know, a problem that occurs within the church is that too many Christians are only concerned about their own individual walk, where Christians are competing and striving to be the best Christian, but we're never taking responsibility 
on sharing the gospel and having an impact in the lives of others or inspiring a new generation to follow Christ. See, we have to understand that the sacrifice was not just made for us individually, but for everyone. It's not about competing on who's the greatest and who's the most successful Christian. Jesus had an answer concerning who was the greatest. In Mark chapter 9, verse 34, it says, But they, referring to the disciples, kept silent. For on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he, that being Jesus, sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and a servant of all. In other words, if you want to be great, if you want to be significant, you have to live sacrificially. You have to understand that it's about all of God's people. That sacrifice that he made upon the cross was for an atonement of everyone's sin, not just our own individually. The second thing we see going back to that scripture in Matthew 27 is that making a significant sacrifice shook the world. Now, I grew up in L.A. I lived here most of my life, minus the time that I was in the military. So I'm no stranger to earthquakes. And in Scripture, you know, it, there's no Richter scale at that time. It doesn't say the magnitude of the earthquake. But if I'm a, a betting man, I'm assuming that it was a fairly big one, big enough to split the rock so people can see. And something that really happens when a big enough earthquake takes place is what do we do? We all stop. Everybody just stops. And we kind of just acknowledge what is happening in this moment. Before anything else goes on, everybody just freezes and like, there's an earthquake going on right now. And this is something that we see here because the centurion, he's there and the other people, they're watching Jesus and everybody just stops. And they're acknowledging that truly this was the son of God. See, there's something profound about making an unselfish sacrifice for someone else. A sacrifice without a grudging heart. Because let me tell you this. If, you, if you're making a sacrifice somebody, for someone and all you're doing is throwing it in their face saying, well, I did this for you and I'm doing that. It, you're removing the impact of the sacrifice. You're diluting it and you're stripping it down. It's not sacrificial anymore. See, we're supposed to do that with an ungrudging heart. We're supposed to do this out of the goodness of our heart that God put inside of us. If someone is willing to go out of their own way to be a blessing to someone else without thinking about what it costs them, but doing it because of what God placed inside of them, it makes people stop and acknowledge it. You know, there's a, there's a book that was made into a movie several years ago called The Lone Survivor. Some of you guys may have seen it. Uh, some of you guys may have even read the book. Uh, it's a story of Marcus Luttrell along with his fellow Navy SEAL team members and an operation that took place in 2005 called Red Wings. And through, in this movie and in this book and this story, they get into an immense battle. They were heavily outnumbered fighting uh, off in Afghanistan. And throughout the battle, uh, they were pinned down. And the leader of the team named Lieutenant Michael Murphy, he saw the situation that they were in. And he knew that he needed to get his team help. And the only thing that he could think of is, I have to get to a place where I can get this call out so that way we can get support, so that my team can get help and I can possibly save them. But in order to do that, he would have to leave 
the protected area that he was in and expose himself to gunfire. Without hesitation, Lieutenant Michael Murphy made that decision. He moved himself out from behind cover to make the call for his team and sacrifice his life. And that story is remembered and carried on. And Lieutenant Michael Murphy, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is the highest medal that anyone can receive in military service. And we remember that story and we acknowledge it because of the sacrifice that he made. And it's not the only sacrifice that takes place. There are so many sacrifices that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. And when they occur, they shake up the world. They stir people up and they acknowledge. And the situation we are in right now is a pivotal time for the church to shake up the world. We have been deployed, church. Now more than ever, we can bring help and a blessing to someone else. But that's a sacrifice that we have to choose to make. Jesus said in John 15, verse 12 and 13, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And we are to follow the example of Christ by living a life that will shake the world up and bring attention to the risen King. Living sacrificially to have a significant impact. The third thing that we see, making a significant sacrifice brought the dead to life. See, the difference between successful and significant is really the level of, success, of sacrifice. This wasn't the first time that Jesus brought someone back from the dead. I think by this point, people were almost expecting this from him. I mean, you've seen him do it multiple times. But what made this jump out for me so much was the two ways the dead were brought back to life in one moment. See, not only were the saints who were physically dead given life again, he gave all of us who were spiritually dead a new life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. We were dead. We were spiritually dead. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. John 5, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. A new life was given through the sacrifice made by Christ. And, you know, this kind of, this kind of bugs me. But often I see many Christians, you know, they minimize the potential impact they can have on someone's life. You know, we'll say things like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not Jesus. And yeah, of course, none of us are Jesus. We, we know that. But that doesn't mean you can't make an impact on somebody's life. Significant enough to lead them to Jesus, giving them an opportunity for a new life. See, we can't forget as followers of Christ that Christ now dwells inside of us. And we are able to do amazing things. 
if we accept all scripture as truth, here's the truth that we need to heed in our walk. John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater and greater, I'm going to say that again, and greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to be with the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. See, Jesus, he's really trying to emphasize this to us. He's saying, truly, truly, I say to you. He's trying to convey to us that his work doesn't end just because he went on to be with the Father. But the significance of his work and is to be carried on from generation to generation until the day that he returns. And he's saying that the work that we will do will be even greater than the time that he was in. See, Jesus, he was in the flesh. He was physical. So during that time, he could only get to so many places. He could only reach so many people. But the impact and the significance of what he did will continue on from disciple to disciple, from generation to generation. So we're able to hear the message right now, 2,000 years later. So we can't have this attitude. We can't have this heart with saying, well, you know, I just can't. I don't know. I'm not sure. We have to take full confidence in knowing that Christ is inside of us, using it to make an impact in the lives of those who have never heard the gospel, who have never known the love of Christ. That is our responsibility. We have to choose to live sacrificially so we can make a significant impact on the world and bring those who are dead back to a new life in Christ Jesus. See, we are able to give what is dead new life. People who are dead in spirit lead them to a new life. People whose relationships with their families are dead bring them new life. People who have lost their ambition, their hope, we give them new life. It's when we choose to sacrifice our own lives, our own way of doing things, using the new lives that God gave us to reach the lost, that they can be restored into a right relationship with God and released into a brand new life. Church, my only question to you today is, do you want to be successful or do you want to be significant? Do you want to lead people, remove the veil from their eyes so they can truly see God? Do you want to shake up the world so everyone can acknowledge him, acknowledge Christ as the son of God? And do you want to help give new life to those who are once dead? Then let's make the choice today. Let's make the choice that we're going to live sacrificially to be significant and stop chasing after worldly success. But make the sacrifices that will inspire the generations to come to move the church forward until the day that Jesus returns. I hope this message spoke to you. I hope it stirs something up inside of your heart. You know, I, I just love reading the word of God and seeing him speak out new things. And I just felt that this message was necessary with everything that's going on. 
You know, there's so many platforms, there's so many advantages to the time that we live in. And I just want to encourage you to use them. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have a theology degree or have gone through seminary school. Share your testimony of what God is doing in your life right now. Open up that phone, make a video, send out a message. This is what God is doing. I want to share the love of God with you. That is our call. And if you can do more, then do more. Find new ways to be able to live sacrificially so you too can have a significant impact on the world. Now, I also want to take this time for those of you who you may be unsure about where you stand with Jesus. This may be your first time hearing the word of God. This may be your first time in a long time sitting in on a message and something is stirring up inside of you and you're like, you know, Pastor Max, I'm not really sure about my relationship with Jesus. Today, I want you to know that we can make that all right. Today, you can choose wherever you're watching this at that you accept Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Jesus says, shame off you. All those things, and I know sometimes we're like, I don't know if I could come to God because I got so much going on in my life. I got so much hurt, I got so much pain, I got so many struggles, and I messed up so many times, and we start thinking to ourselves, I, I can't come to, I gotta get these things right. Jesus is saying to us, shame off you, I take all that from you. Verse 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus tore the veil. That access to God is now for everyone. We all have the ability to have a relationship with him and the Father. If that's you today, I just I want to pray this prayer with you. And everyone watching at home, you can pray this along with us. And just know you're not saying this to me, but you're speaking directly to the Father. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you. I believe within my heart that you died on the cross for my sins and that God rose you from the dead. Come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as Lord and Savior. I ask for forgiveness for all my sins. Thank you for loving me. From this moment forward, I give you my life. Amen. If you said that prayer today, I just want to say welcome into the family of God. We're so excited for you. We love you and we are here for you. And we want to connect with you. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today and you meant it with all your heart, you're not doing this alone. I want you to go on to restoration-life.com. Go to our website. There are some forms there for you to fill out. Listen, we want to connect with you. We want to follow up with you. And we want to build a relationship with you. Church, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I hope this message inspired you. Listen, we got a lot of cool things coming up, so stay tuned to our Instagram. Check on our Facebook. There's more things following up our YouTube. We got some new Kids Live videos coming out. Listen, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and thank you for all the support throughout this time. We're praying for you. We love you, and we'll see you next time.